Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to this week's Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan, and my wonderful co-host, Kate Roberts. Hello, Kate. Hey, Wynne. We normally record on a Monday, and this is no exception. And it's it's often the case that um, as we say hi to each other, I complain because it's Monday and it's late in my day. And you say Monday's great because I had a really good weekend. So I just wanted to disclose what happens before we record, <laughs> even before we even think about what we're going to talk about. A little background. A little background. <laughs> um, we normally record on a Monday. There we go. Um, we had an email, or you did, with a really cool question that would be, I, I think, really interesting for us to explore. So what was the question? So this person is a listener of the podcast and uh, we've traded some ponderings over email just about life, I guess. And the question that the listener posed was, first of all, how genius life or wisdom or God or whatever word you want to use. How genius and artistic it is. Mm. Making everything so perfectly and how it all works together, I guess. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. Yeah. And, but the question that the listener had was, if genius basically is so genius, why do we have negative thoughts? Yeah. It's a great one, isn't it? I, it has occurred to me multiple times. That question, like, what is the point of that? Yeah. But I will say this, and I'm not really sure what I think yet. I haven't actually responded to the email which I'm really sorry, by the way, to the listener. By the way, this listener is very used to me not replying. (laughs) We suck. Um, (laughs) So, but it's such a a beautiful question to be in. Mm. And I haven't spent a whole lot of time in this space yet, but I know that I've been in the space where I'm asking the exact same question and wondering what is the point of that? But it's usually, it is usually from a place, it's from an energy that something's going wrong because I'm having them. I don't like the feeling of them. I don't like the way um, reality looks when I'm having them. It's from that space that if I'm having negative thoughts, then something must be wrong. Mm. To me, it, it often looks like that, but with a, 
in the moment right now while I'm not having a negative thought, I don't think there's such a thing. As a negative thought? Yeah. I think there is, I think that every thought is arbitrary. It has no meaning of its own. Now we can make it negative. We can make it positive. We can make it, I don't know, anything. But we put the meaning on it. In my mind, I put the meaning on, and I have many different meanings on the same thing. So I, I my mind, my initial response is there's, n there's nothing inherent in a thought that's negative. Nothing inherent in a thought that's negative. Now, the, at the same time as me saying that, what just occurred to me is that there are feelings, going back to exactly what you just said, that I would rather not have that are associated with certain thoughts. But I don't know. Let me, uh, it's the example that's just come up in my head. Let's see where this one goes. Pain. Not good. Pain, not good, right? That would be the, the natural, hey, pain's bad. The pain's wise. Pain is really wise. It says, hey, not good. <laughs> Take your finger out of the fire. This is not good for your flesh. It's really wise. Genuine fear when there is genuine danger. Really wise. Get out of the way. There's a tiger. And what I think we often do, though, is that we misinterpret innocently, and I mean innocently, misinterpret those feelings for something else. Something meaningful about ourselves when, in fact, they're just, you know, saying what is. There's no other meaning beyond it. Pain, take your finger out of the fire, does not mean... Oh my lord, what's wrong with me? There's there's pain. Um do not stand. Hey, there's um there's lightning. Get some shelter. Do not stand in the open big field when there's lightning about and nothing else is there to above ground level that would attract the uh, the lightning bolt. Wise, get out of the way. But it doesn't mean anything beyond that in my mind so here's another way and this is the last episode that we recorded remember we talked about this with rabbit holes it's very easy for me to notice i'm at the edge of what i know with this and i just noticed i was then so i did a bs alert on win morgan and it's just like wait a minute this is just getting too heady too to whatever now, I remember on a different point responding to an insecure thought. About 10 years ago, I remember responding to an insecure thought, and it was really great that I did. It's really great that I responded to an insecure thought. Now, insecurity is not my favorite emotion, not my favorite feeling. You know, it would be easy to say, I don't know why insecure thinking happens. I mean, Jesus, isn't that a, a flaw in the design of all this genius that insecure things can happen? 
Well, in this instance, absolutely not. It's made some amazing implications in my life and repercussions that I'm pretty sure I would not be sitting here talking with you if I hadn't actually given in to that insecure thought. And the reason I bring that up is I am not the one to judge what's genius and wise. I can't be. It's bigger than me by definition, and I'm very glad it is. I don't see the big plan. And in this existence, this human life, I'm pretty sure I never will. And if I do, I'll come back and say, sorry, I was wrong. But I don't think that's a very high chance of me saying that. So another example would be an often misinterpreted feeling is anxiety. Stress, another one, that we often think that that feeling is telling us something about the outside world. And, and sometimes it is. A lot of the time it isn't, especially when we do more thinking about that initial anxious thought or the initial stressful thought. When we're regurgitating and thinking, thinking, thinking more about it, and from what I've seen for me anyway, is that I'm now just really in my head. The initial thought might have been really wise. I don't know, but, but it's also telling me at any one time, I am now having a thought that has a feeling or a, a meaning that I've put onto it, a meaning I've etched into it that looks like it's coming from out there into here. It's the cause of it. Tomorrow's gathering with a group of people is the source of my anxiety today. Well, that doesn't make any sense considering it's Monday and I'm not seeing these people until Tuesday. Then that can't be the cause of it. What's the cause of it right now is having a thought. But in itself, arbitrary and a fleeting thought about tomorrow. And I will then think more about it because the feeling looks like something I need to protect myself against. Now, somewhere in that garbled mess of my last seven minutes, this stuff. Are you timing it? <laughs> no, but I'm guessing. I don't know how much I've garbled. <laughs> but six minutes and 50 seconds more than I wanted to if it is seven minutes, right? Um, but the one thing I do want to come back to is that two things. First of all, I don't think there is such a thing as a negative thought. And secondly, I am the least qualified to say what's genius and what isn't. I am not qualified for that. Not least qualified. I am not qualified to know what's genius and what isn't. That's all I can really say and to sum it up mm. amongst all of that rambling. So mm. help Kate say something else. Mm. Do something wise like you normally do. Do your own. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. Take me out of my cognitive nonsense. I know the feeling that I have when someone says that thought is neutral. I can hear all of my stories of how that's not true. Like, it immediately, like, I can sense my mind trying to prove and explain how that can't possibly be right. And yet I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like when I hear someone say that, and I have heard it before, that thought is neutral, that we put all the meaning on it, the interpretation of it. But when I hear it, I know it to be true much more true than my own commentary. And it's being around other people or reading when someone really gets, when somebody really gets that they can't believe their thoughts or that they don't believe their thoughts any longer, when there is that, that space that we talked about, that I know that thought's neutral because mm. if it weren't, we would all have the same experience of thought. Good thought, bad thought. Like some people have had such experiences in their life that the second they have a positive thought, they, they snatch it up and back away from it. That's not a good thing. Mm. Like some people have... Thoughts that feel good, and then automatically it doesn't feel good anymore. Mm. So if that were the case, we'd all be having the same experience of thought. Great point. Yeah. So it has to be, it has to be neutral. Which is really amazing because when we start to get a sense of that, or at least be around people who get a sense of that, which is a gift, or read, you know, people who have written that understand that. You know, that space between thought and believing it gets a little bit bigger. Mm. More, you know, solid and experiential. So if that is the case, we find ourselves in the present moment again in, in an unknown space in the present moment. Like you said, you know, like without our stories of what things mean and or mean about us. And in that unknown space, it doesn't have the gravity to feel bad or good i don't know yeah that makes all the sense in the world yeah it doesn't have the gravity until we put the gravity into it yeah innocently without even noticing that it's us that does it we're the one that, that does that while you were talking kate there was an example that came to mind a very basic one about the um the fact that we have separate experiences of the same thing 
a friend of mine who lives in Australia. Um, he left Scotland about 10 years ago. Can't stand mushrooms. And he even said, I remember this vividly because it made me laugh. Mushrooms are evil. <laughs> he does feel strongly about <laughs> He does feel strongly about those. And I know people who feel strongly about other foods, such as um, anchovies. Mm. Pineapple on a pizza is another one of those polarizing food things, right? Some people get really um, hung up on. But when you, when you were sharing it, and, and my friend was talking about mushrooms being evil, well, mushrooms are what mushrooms are. What we make of them is what we make of them. And of course, we've got preferences. Some people, there aren't many people I've heard who said the word they're evil um, or the food of the devil. Yet, there are a lot of, you know, a lot of people don't like them. A lot of people like them. A lot of people love them. It's not about the mushroom. It doesn't come from the mushroom. It's our interpretation of mushroom based upon our preferences and our view of it. And while that might be a slightly more basic earthy example of what you're saying it's what really came to mind you know and I was just then in my head I, I went to an extreme where I thought about what about something like war well war I bet is seen as evil for everyone and yet, at the same time, if I look back through history and my own interpretation of some of wars, there have been occasions where I've thought, well, that would be like a worthy cause to go for war, to go to war over. And then this one isn't. That's just me doing when being a human with interpretation of, of something. Now, I'd rather be a place where war would never occur again. I would rather be in a place where greed would never occur again. Nor anybody thinking that their life would be better if someone else was worse. Or the illusion of ego or the illusion of scarcity. I'd rather none of those exist. And yet as a human being, a part of the nature of thought for human beings is that we will make meanings up out of things. We will see things that aren't inherently there as there. We will, we will buy into an illusion. And to me, a part of our species not that I'm qualified in my mind to talk about it, but I've read a lot, watched a lot about the um, what experts of the of the human species, what made us thrive and survive compared to other two-legged apes from a few million years ago is that we were able to imagine, tell stories to each other make myths that made us collaborate. Imagine something, put it into existence, which apparently some two-legged apes couldn't, apparently, according to the experts who somehow have made that conclusion. 
yeah, that's what's made us survive and thrive. That we build the wheel. That we have crop rotation, that we do imaginative things to make us collaborate and survive. And I would love what I'm going to say next to be true. And we can all see through it too. And not buy into the myths that we make up that cause each other harm and the planet harm and other species harm and the future harm. I do have hope for that at some point. I'm less likely now to thrash out either verbally or physically to somebody else because I know they're not the cause of whatever I'm feeling. It's thought. And to me, it's not whether thought is good or evil or anything else. It's when thought is understood all of a sudden, more wisdom, genius, beauty in my mind is available to us in the space that you mentioned a few moments ago. I do hope that for the future. I was reading this morning about aliveness. And I think it, it goes back to the original question from the listener. You know, our, our human minds want to label things positive and negative and put them into groups based on our experience. I think that's just how we're made. Mm. So even the, even the fact that we call certain thoughts negative or positive is a perfect example of how the system works. Yeah, yeah. But what I was reading about aliveness the part of being alive is it's a little bit like our guest Fee, Fiona mm -hmm. described playing every string on the guitar. Yeah. Not excluding anything from our experience because it's the experience of being alive. And so it's all welcome if we are able to lay down our stories of what's positive and negative or what's to be avoided or sought after. But aliveness includes everything. And I found myself going through periods of my life where I needed my life to be really small. And I was very limited on what I allowed myself to experience. And I would resist or avoid negative thought, mm. negative experience. And I think at the time that served me, it looked real and it was perfect until it wasn't anymore. And it's because of that space that we keep talking about, that we keep going back to, that I became more open and more allowing and more willing to feel 
alive, however that showed up. Mm. I don't always see that and I don't always know that still. And I can sense that, that seeking part of me wanting to all of a sudden just be okay with anything and everything, you know, more than I am now. But I'm good. I'm good here now. It's interesting to me. Well, that whole where you just took this conversation to me was take it very far deeper and higher level about the whole notion of alignedness. It is, it's funny to me how we can make a big deal of things that in, in another context would, would absolutely avoid and think would be bad, such as there's a big holiday coming up at the end of this month, Halloween. And in a few societies on planet Earth, it's a really big deal a big deal about, you know, being scared. There are horror films. There are scary rides in theme parks. There's the haunted house or there's the ghost train in various, you know, parks and themes and stuff like that where we pay money to get the thrill of being scared and the jump out of our skin. I love that stuff. Who the heck am I to say what's right and wrong in this experience of aliveness that you just mentioned? I know I'm not. Because you're right, every string in the guitar, going back to what Fee said from, and she very graciously um, mentioned her mentors, Rudy and Julie. It's a, um, a beautiful remembrance of aliveness and what aliveness actually is. Thanks, man. Thank you. You've been listening to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts, and I'm here with the amazing Wynn Morgan. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions for topics, please feel free to reach out. We'll try to get back to you <laughs> as soon as we can and if we don't we do apologize disclaimer we suck yeah. and we hope you have a great week thanks thanks for joining us we'd love for you to subscribe rate and review if you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about email win or kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com until then Enjoy what's possible under the noise.